present day, June 21st, San Jose, California. Dying is a whole lot easier than coming back to life. The amount of paperwork required to reinstate his identity is enough to suck the life back out of him. Maybe he should have stayed dead, because there sure as hell isn't anything worthwhile left for him here. The thought skips through James's mind like a grounder across a baseball field, slamming hard into the outfield wall. It leaves a dull ache in his temple and a hollowness in his chest. He stares at the San Jose skyline outside the window of his brother Thomas's office at Donato Enterprises. Glass buildings reflect the setting sun in radiant displays of gold and orange. Six and a half years lost, and there isn't a damn thing he can do, medically speaking, to recapture that time. But he remembers the day he left Amy as though it were yesterday. He paces in front of the window, plagued by the conversation they had the night before he left. I'll be away for less than a week, barely enough time for you to miss me. He then kissed her and made love with her. His fingers had caressed the moonlight in her hair. As he reassured her, their future would be the one they wanted, with him free of his obligation to Donato Enterprises. He wanted to pursue art. His mouth had traced the supple lines of her thighs, the curve of her calves, as he promised to care for her for the rest of his life. But he failed to keep that promise. He failed her. So much time had been lost, so much of his life lost, his home, his art, his identity, the love of his life. Amy. Her name whispers through him. Does she know he's back in the States? Does she know he is back? Her James. She hasn't seen him since she found him in Mexico more than five years ago. She discovered he was still alive, not dead like his brother Thomas had everyone believing. The jackass even organized James's funeral and bought a headstone at the family plot. For his protection, Thomas had told him, else Phil would have tried to kill him again in order to save his own ass. Thomas took advantage of his amnesia, which in James's case had been a total whiteout of his autobiographical information. His brother went so far as to create a new identity for him, a new life. Jaime Carlos Dominguez, artist, widower, father. He doesn't have any memories of Amy's trip to Mexico. He doesn't have any memories of falling in love with his physical therapist, Raquel, marrying her, adopting her son, Julian, fathering their son, Marcus, and her death from birthing Marcus. He doesn't have any memories of anything Thomas told him about what he, as Carlos, did in Mexico. He can hardly recall how he ended up in Mexico. He doesn't remember anything about the hours leading up to his wandering into Playa Cicatela, bloodied, dazed, and confused, with no idea who he was or where he was from. What he does have, though, is more than six years of Carlos's journals, all tidily filed on a thumb drive, Daily entries that stopped two days before James surfaced. The damn man kept a diary. James makes an odd noise in the back of his throat. It's ironic. Any time he curses Carlos, he's only cussing at himself. But thinking of himself as separate from Carlos has made it easier to accept the loss of time. There is much about the man Carlos was that James doesn't understand. The one thing he can relate to, though is Carlos's paranoia of losing his identity. For when James surfaced from the fugue state to magazine and newspaper stacks, framed picture mosaics crowding the walls, 
and a lockbox bursting with the details of the man's short life, Carlos was lost to this world forever. James thinks of the items in that lockbox, photos, birth and death certificates, Amy's engagement ring. His blunt fingers rubbed the edges of the diamond solitaire ring tucked deep in his trouser pocket. The thin gabardine wool dress pants scratch thighs long used to board shorts, and the ring is a solid, cold reminder that for the rest of his life he'll pay for his mistakes with more than the physical scars marring his thirty-six-year-old body. The angry ridge from right temple to jawbone, the not-set-just-right nose bridge, the slash of rigid tissue across his hip bone, a bullet trail, he surmises, those scars he can handle, what he can't get past, what he has yet to come to grips with, is that he'll never share his life with Amy because he fucked up. James thinks of his sons waiting in the conference room.